0: He tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hi, I am Jen Howregal. Welcome to the Sportsman of the Year: A Suburban Philosophy. Just a warning before we get started: some of the language can get a bit tough at times. I am from West Auckland, after all, and we also talk about some stuff you might find upsetting, and some stuff you will hopefully find funny. So take care of yourselves, okay? The phone rang at work. It was mum's caregiver, Carol. Mum had fallen over and she couldn't pick her up, so she asked me if I could come around and help her. I was in the middle of a count day in the office and not in the mood to be interrupted, so when I turned on the car ignition, I remember being mildly resentful at her for busting up my morning. Carol and I managed to get her sitting up on her couch, but she wasn't responding properly and couldn't stay upright, so an ambulance was called. Later I was sitting with mum in the emergency room at the hospital and after the doctor examined her I was pulled aside for the diagnosis. The doctor told me she only had a 50% chance of pulling through and I should bring my family and tell them to get here now. When I realised how bad it was I couldn't speak. A cramp attacked my insides and a guttural howl came out from where my voice used to be and it was a sound I didn't know I could make. It was a raw human emotion that erupted uncontained and it was then I realised that I could lose my mother and that our bond was much deeper than I'd ever realised. Mother-daughter relationships can be fraught and difficult and for a while my mother and I were definitely in that category. We had a tumultuous time when I lived at home and we were always arguing. We both had loud voices and I'm pretty sure they carried comfortably across the suburbs of West Auckland and perhaps into South Auckland too. Strange thing now is that I can't really recall what we were banging on about or why we were going head to head in the first place, but we made a good go of it. It has taken me a long time to come to terms with our relationship and for many years I considered her to be a very difficult woman to be born to. I often thought to myself, I would prefer someone else to be my mother and sometimes, shamefully, I would say that out loud as well. Empathy, it seems, was something that was profoundly missing when I was young, and I regret how I acted. I know Mum didn't feel good about how we behaved either. Teenagers with anxiety can be quite angry at the world, and because my mum and I both had a touch of this affliction, well, that does explain a lot, and it's easier to forgive and move on when you understand why. Mum believed in me way more than I ever did, and when I was a teenager she pushed me to try things I thought I couldn't do, which is probably why we sparred so often. I know I frustrated her with my dark moods and snide remarks about how stupid I thought her ideas were, but having someone believe in you with such blind faith when you were growing up goes a long way to developing an inner confidence that you can draw upon later. My mother was one of the best child wranglers I have ever met, the epitome of a child whisperer. Give her a screaming newborn and she would have it relaxed and sleeping in a few minutes. She also knew how to make a place feel beautiful and comfortable. She grew indoor ferns, which were like bursts of green fireworks around the place, and I thought they were simply magical. I've tried and failed to grow those plants so many times, but she was always a master. Her conviction about my talent and my looks was unwavering and sometimes I thought a bit deluded. She told me of a time when she entered me into a baby competition and when I didn't win, she just couldn't believe it. She wouldn't leave. Sure, someone was going to tell her it was a mistake and that her baby had indeed won, but no one came. So she just sat there waiting in the mall for hours. So you said I had a problem You hated my jokes You wouldn't know mum and I were related sometimes She had black hair and liked lace, crystals and pretty things and my hair was light brown and I liked leather and mudslides She gave me a bridal doll as a present for my fifth birthday and I was very upset about it as I didn't want a stupid doll dressed in a wedding dress I wanted a truck, so I cast the doll aside and it lived in my wardrobe until well after I'd left home. One day I had to pick it up because my mum wanted my old room cleaned out, so I took it back to my place and showed my kids. They thought it was really creepy and it freaked them out, so it was banished to storage and it will stay there until I figure out what to do with it. When I started year nine at Henderson High School, I was told that because my father was a panel beater and my mum was a housewife, I had to take home economics and typing, and that these subjects would be more fitting because of my background. I was heartbroken as I wanted to take languages and fine arts because my brother Rob took those subjects and he was my hero. My mum went down to the school tore up the administration department and told them I was to study art and languages and that was that. So I did. Henderson High had a great art and music department and that gave me a taste of just how exciting a creative life could be. I had some amazing teachers, Dennis Greville, Judy Dara, George Belogi and of course Nigel Williams, my music teacher. So really it was a great place to start. I knew in my heart I was always destined to live in a creative world once I could find my way out of the shadows. Mum would always agree that I should try to live whatever dream I had. When I was around 16, Mum organised, against my will, an audition with singing teacher Dame Sister Mary Leo. After my interview, Sister told me that she would teach me because I could act and she was impressed that I had turned up to our meeting well-dressed and groomed. But she also said, I sound like a frog, but we can work with that because anyone can sing if they can talk. They just need to practice. So, since my first lesson with her, I have practiced singing whenever I can and haven't stopped singing since. When young people ask me how they can learn how to sing, I say, just sing. Sing all day. Every day, And you will find your natural voice, and then find a teacher who can draw that out of you and help you with a solid technique. I think the reason why my voice is better than ever is because I had one of the best singing teachers my mum could find for me, and I will always appreciate that amazing gift. Mum helped me look after my preschool kids when I was at work, and I would come back at the end of the day to a house which was always calm and tidy, and my boys were well fed with homemade vegetable concoctions and totally chilled. They really loved their nana. On those days when mum was waiting at my place when I got home, we were all really happy and it is a time with her I remember fondly. I also think my mum might have come from the future as she told me a lot of things that were probably considered a bit dotty in the 70s and 80s but have turned out to be right on point now. She said things like, No, I won't get you talcum powder, it's bad for you. Antibiotics are to be used sparingly, so unless it's absolutely necessary, you are not going to have them. Toxins and cleaners can cause illness and possibly cancer. Aluminium in deodorants is dangerous. Fresh fruit and vegetables are the best foods to eat and processed foods should be kept to a minimum. You are what you eat. Sugary cakes and biscuits are not good for you. Plastic is a scourge, so we're not having plastic containers and food wrap in the house. Cotton is better than synthetic against your skin. Stay out of the sun, expect the best and you will get it. The list goes on. These comments have stayed with me and it blows me away when I read in the news about a scientific study that took years to come to the same conclusion as one of my mother's notions. I don't know where she got these ideas from, but wow, that's some kind of crazy cool wisdom right there. I realise now that she was always the best mother for me, and without her I wouldn't have the amazing life I lead, nor would I have accomplished as much as I have. I really wish I had told her that before it was too late, but you see I didn't, and now I don't know if she will ever know. So I went home to your home No one was home, it was no home Mum had a stroke a year or so ago, and even though she is still with us, her brain's a bit damaged, so it's very hard to communicate with her. I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. Mum loved talking. When you would visit her, she would never stop. Her favourite mode of communication was a telephone, and on this, she would talk to her friends for hours and hours and hours, and it was usually telling them about her children and their accomplishments. She had to replace a lot of phones. I still have the landline now because it was Mum's line. If it ever rang, it would only ever be Mum or Batman, and I still haven't got around to disconnecting it because somehow I keep thinking she might ring me on it one day. only beauty that you could draw at home Mum never recovered enough to go home and we had to put her into 24-hour hospital care. When we carried her into the ambulance that time, we didn't realise that she would never return to her home of 50 years and she would never see any of her things in the house ever again. I am sorry I never told you I have been visiting her regularly, but I find it very confronting because we can't connect anymore in the usual ways. I sit there and tell her about my children and work, and she looks at me blankly while she tries to process information that may or may not be part of her reality now. One day I wheeled her up to the piano in the dining room so I could play her my new compositions. She smiled and listened, and I felt useful at last. That day I discovered a new way to communicate with her through music, and it was Beautiful. Now I play her new songs I have in development on speakers in her room and I know she enjoys them. She is the best audience ever as no matter what I play her, she always says that the songs are great and she loves them. So I went home to your home One of those songs was called Home Not Home and it took me a long time to finish it. Every time I tried to write it on the piano, I would break into tears. My poor partner and the kids would look on so concerned and ask, what's wrong? And I would mutter something like, oh, I'm fine, I'm just writing a song, I'm okay. I got there in the end. But the sad thing for me is when I visited mum to tell her I think I've written a beautiful song for you mum, she said to me, it can't be very nice then. Sad emoji. No home economics for she. Home Not Home is for my mum because it is the best way I can think of to honour her. I have nothing but gratitude for everything she has done for me, and I know for certain she is part of my makeup and part of what makes me whole. She taught me so much, and I know without her I wouldn't be where I am now. My mother told me to use my wings and even though I kept saying no I don't want to she kept telling me over and over to put them on so I could fly and finally I learned how to listen to her This episode of Sportsman of the Year was written and performed by me, Jan Howe Justin Gregory was the producer and the engineer was Jana Witter. Tim Watkin is the executive producer. You can get the book Sportsman of the Year, a Suburban Philosophy, which comes with a high resolution download, or you can get the CD too at my website, janhowregal.com, or at record stores and bookshops who are stocking Sportsman of the Year. Ask them for it. You can subscribe to Sportsman of the Year at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, and of course, rnz.co.nz forward slash series. Please give us a rating. More people find out about us that way. Thanks for coming along. Enjoy. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.